I want to point out that SMB Training is not a broker-dealer, that we're doing these webinars for educational purposes only. Um, today's webinar will not contain any live positions. Everything is going to be uh, produced by so software that uh, estimates mid-prices in the market, are, therefore are hypothetical, and therefore are not subject to the market factors of liquidity, slippage, and commissions. <clears throat> I also want to point out that um, options trading is risky and you shouldn't expose any of your capital to options trading until you get a thorough education. Uh, it's a good idea to work with a mentor um, and you certainly want to backtest and paper trade strategies for a long time before exposing any capital to them. When you do, uh, ultimately trade live capital, do so on a very, very small basis relative to your net worth and net income uh, because you're, once you have live capital in the market, it changes your emotions and it also changes, you'll, you'll start to see the way options react to changes in market conditions, increases and decreases in volatility. And until you have a good feel for those, you shouldn't have a lot of capital in the market. You agree, John? Yes, I do. Very good. You, we've both seen people get into a lot of trouble by jumping in with too much capital prematurely before they completely understand the dynamics and before they completely understand how they're going to react to uh, different things that happen. So uh, with that, um, I want to welcome John Locke back to the Options Tribe. And John is going to be talking today about the Rock strategy. This is officially Rocktoberfest. Uh, we get to choose our own month. Apparently these days you can pretty much choose any month or any week and just say it's the week of that, whatever you want to celebrate and everybody <laughs> else has to accept it. So therefore, hey, hey it's been Rocktoberfest for three or four years now. <laughs> I know. So at this point, I, I look on my calendar now when I get it every year and I would look to see when Rocktoberfest is. And, and um, if it's not on my calendar, I get a different calendar because they, you know, that's that works for me okay so anyway <laughs> says scott so yeah rocktoberfest which i think was in a term coined by either john or sherry Locke, probably both um has stuck and uh we the rock has traditionally been well you'll you'll see um john goes over it in his presentation but it's it's a pretty remarkable strategy it has uh, it's held up unbelievably through time through lots of different kinds of markets, um, and I can't uh, I can't recommend it too highly. In fact, I spent uh, I had a mentoring session this morning with a student, and we talked almost for an hour about the merits of the rock trade, uh, and he's very excited about trading it himself. So, with that, I want to um, stop sharing, and John can get into his presentation, which is what you all came here for anyway. All right. Well, thank you, Seth. I appreciate it. Uh, welcome, everybody, to Rocktoberfest, our special webinar today. And uh, before we get going, I'll just quickly tell you who I am. So if you don't know me, I'm John Locke. I'm a wealth and success coach specializing in trading performance and psychology for LockingYourSuccess.com. And we train re retail traders, professional traders, and hedge fund managers, as well as coaches and mentors for other companies. And... Uh, we do that so they can be the best they can be. And as you'll see, I've also developed many powerful trading strategies, one of which is The Rock, which we're going to go over today. Two, re two free resources that I currently offer to help traders such as yourself are located at the following websites. One of them is thewinningtrade.com. And there you can find free examples of winning trading strategies such as The Rock. In fact, The Rock is the the, uh, this month's winning trade. So if after the webinar you'd like to see some additional examples of this strategy then um, and also get some bonus material, 
where we follow the rock through much of 2018. So you get lots and lots of examples of the strategy. Make sure you head over to thewinningtrade.com and sign up for that. And you can get that as well as the bonus material. We also have another website called tradingperformancepodcast.com where I do free trading performance podcasts. And we discuss all things related to skyrocketing your performance as a trader, regardless of what trading strategy you're doing. And again, that's all great stuff. It's all free. So I encourage you to go ahead and check that out and start improving your trading today. So let's talk about why we're here and what the rock is. So I call the rock an adaptable high yield market neutral trading system designed to adapt to market conditions without the need to decipher price charts or implied volatility skew curve charts. Now, I'd like to start off by saying the ROC is a higher level trade. In other words, you, know, you can't just get the program and trade the ROC. It's, it's designed as a process to get somebody from you know, a, a somewhat experienced market neutral trader to someone who's highly adaptable to the market and a very effective market neutral trader. And there, there's a really big difference between that and you know, the M3 and the Bearish Butterfly programs, which are also available at SMB, are integral parts of trading it. So. Um, you can get there. It's just, you know, it takes some time, it takes some knowledge, and you can you know, become one of these traders. But on entry, uh, the, the good thing about the rock trade is one thing is it's fairly shorter term. It is uh, adaptable to market conditions. So on entry, when we enter the position, we're going to make assumptions about the market. We're going to perform what we call an entry configuration test. And then based on that test, we're going to enter the market in a certain way. And that is designed to give us the best configuration for the given implied uh, market situation. Now, once we enter the rock, further assumptions are made as the position progresses, as time goes by, as market conditions change. And we're going to shift our position configuration based on a combination of price movement and what the implied volatility is doing. So um, that in itself makes it adaptable and it helps it perform through a, a much wider variety of market conditions. So this is a time-tested improvement strategy. It's a long history of success in the live markets. We developed this strategy in 2012 as a stepping stone to help people develop into more adaptable professional traders. So, you know, we've never been of the belief that, you know, you're going to buy a trade and just follow the rules and not really know anything else about the marketplace and be successful for the rest of your life. We want to develop you into a, an efficient, consistent, uh, educated trader. And that's what this whole system series of trades, the M3, the Bearish Butterfly, the Rock are designed to do. Um, so that's what the purpose of its development. And it just happened to turn out to be the most consistent, highest yielding rule-based income trading strategy that I've ever traded, I've ever developed, or I've ever seen. So, it's been a tremendous success uh, as a trade, despite the fact that that's not necessarily what it was designed initially for. So one of the things we do as we have a Monday morning webinar, it's called Options Trading for Income over at LockingYourSuccess.com. And uh, we've been tracking the results as we've been trading it real time. Now, these are simulated trades, but they're real-time simulated trades, which means we're making decisions real-time, and uh, you know, sometimes we're, we have the group make the decision, we ask questions, and the trades are what they are. There's no going back and changing anything. Okay, um, And these are the returns that we've been getting since uh, 2013. So extremely high returns, keeping in mind that these are not overlapping trades. right? So if you take the bearish butterfly, for example, 
with a yearly average between 2011 and 2018 of 100%, that is with overlapping trades. So we, we're running two trades at a time for the most part. So if you cut that in half, that's like 50%. Same thing with the M3. We're running two trades at a time. That's like 28, 29%. And the rock here is one trade at a time. And uh, with very few exceptions, which I'll, shall, I'll talk to you about as we go along, but that's uh, one trade at a time. We're looking at like 96% uh, on average in the yearly return here. So, um, very powerful, very powerful strategy. You can see that's not always high. You know, we've had a 24% year here in 2016, which was a very, very challenging year. 2018 was a challenging year as well. But other than that, you know, we're up generally in the 100% range. So doing very, very well. Uh, as you know, if you're uh, especially a longer-term uh, market-neutral trader, it's been a challenging year for most strategies. This year, the Rock's been doing extremely well. We had uh, a very good month in January. We had uh, you know, February, March, good returns. April, about break-even, small loss in May. And then we had our June and July, which were good. Uh, small loss in August and a very good month last month there in September. So, so far this year, we're up about 88%, meaning we'll probably have a winning year even if we took max losses on the next three trades. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot better than a lot of strategies are doing this year, unfortunately. Uh, fortunately for us, unfortunately for them, as they say. But <clears throat> that's um, it's 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 very adaptable. It's very adaptable, as, as you'll see. So what I've done is I've set up some examples, and you know we'll talk about the trade as we go along. Um, also making the note that it's an advanced level trading program, and it is rules based, but. It does allow a limited amount of subjectivity. One of the things we try in our in our strategy development is the more beginner trades tend to be very rule-based. The more advanced trades, we start allowing a little bit of uh, subjectivity uh, into the trades because there are a wide range of market conditions that you can go in. And if you're just trying to deal with a very strict set of rules, they don't always apply to all market conditions. So there is a limited subjectivity there. And we can kind of talk about that as we go along. So let's take a look at January 2019 expiration. This is actually during a very crash-ish environment, I guess you'd say. So here we are. It's December 19th, 2018. We are 30 days to expiration. This trade's entered 30 days to expiration. The way the trades entered, in other words, the positioning can vary drastically uh, depending on what the implied volatility is doing. Now, you don't have to be an expert in reading a skew chart or anything. All we're going to be doing is taking a look at our uh, standard 50-point wing butterfly. That's about 20 points behind the market. And we're just going to be looking at the T plus zero line curve. So in this case here, if I take out these calls, um, you know, we're looking at a position that looks like this. And if we take a look at the delta of this position uh, on its own, it's uh, 40 minus 47. Now, if you've traded butterflies for a while that are 50-point wings and you've looked at them 20 points below the market at 30 days to expiration, usually they're running about minus 200, minus 200, minus 220. Minus 46 is extremely flat. Um, 
for a delta. And what that's essentially telling us is that the skew curves in the marketplace are very, very uh, flat. Or in other words, the market's kind of freaked out. And they're expecting some really, really large price moves. So when conditions are like that, generally, you know, you got to be worried about a 30, 40 point move in, in a day. So that being the case, what we'll tend to do is we'll enter a butterfly. And in this case, the butterfly is minus 28 delta. And we're going to go in flat delta, but we're going to kind of hedge it off with calls that are out of the money. Now, depending on where you place your calls or what you do with calls, they have very different dynamics, right? So, you know, we can create our 28 delta here through, or we can create positive delta through, say, an in-the-money call that is 100 delta, or we can produce 100 delta with 10 calls that are 10 delta. And you get the same delta shift, but that position is going to react very, very differently. You know, if you were to take, you know, take a look at that position on an analytical graph, the difference in them, again, they'll have the same delta, but they're going to have very uh, different T plus zero uh, expiration graphs. They're going to have different T plus zero line profiles, and the out-of-the-money calls are going to have a crushing T plus zero line, but almost no risk to the downside, while the, at the, or, or while the deep in the money call is going to have a... Um, uh, expiration line is relative a uh, t plus zero line is relatively stable but it's going to have a lot of money to lose if the market goes down now butterflies withstand a down market movements very very well on their own but when you add a call in at 100 delta or whatever on this thing then they become susceptible to a down move but if you put your calls up here they're not susceptible to a down move uh, but as a trade-off, they are very problematic sometimes in an up move that's not particularly large. So if we're expecting a really large move, I like to um, set up like something like this. If we get an explosive uh, down move, generally it's not a problem. The butterflies kind of stand on its own, and usually butterflies aren't going to get hurt if they're not hedged in any way until we get down under the long strike. Uh, typically... Uh, this is going to create a situation, though, where if I get a grinding up move, this, I'm going to get killed with a, with a crush. But we're not expecting a low move at this point. With the volatility skew, we're expecting a very large move. So that is what we get, right? So if we go to um, – that's going to go a couple days. At least the following day. Okay, we get down into this range here. We actually have a delta limit that pulls us out of the position. So as we're, if we're in, this is called a modified rock position, by the way. And if we're in this position, we're checking the position daily. I'm not doing anything intraday, but we're checking it daily to make sure that we're not getting into a grinding up market situation because we want to correct it if that's the case. This isn't the case here, so we wouldn't really be concerned about it. Uh, if we go to see the 24th. Oh, actually, I didn't even note. Okay, never mind. There's really not much that happened here. We went uh, down under the tent here. But again, we don't consider this a problem if we don't have a delta problem. And there was no delta problem here. So it might freak some people out. But realistically, you know, you're in a position at this point that has a $20,000 maximum loss. And you, right, this is really not a concern. 
So I actually have to go all the way. The market just kind of flips back and forth here all the way until uh, the fourth. Let's go to the fourth when we start having a big up move. Okay, so this is how we're positioned here uh, after the market's been swinging back and forth. And you notice there's a drastic shift in our T plus zero line at this point. Um, that's going to be an indicator for us that this is probably is not a very good position to be, a, be in at this point. We're going to switch to what we call M3 positioning, which is similar to, if you know the M3 strategy is similar to an M3. It's not exactly the same, but similar to an M3, where we're going to get rid of these out-of-the-money calls. And we're going to roll up, and we're going to hedge ourselves differently. So in this case here, we roll up about 20 points under the market. We um, add a call that in this case is a fairly high delta. It's a single call, it's 93 delta. If we just did that with a standard symmetrical butterfly, we would be two negative delta for our position here. We would be standing, sitting at minus 35. We wanna be relatively neutral. So we do a vertical and the ver way you place the vertical, you know, as you should be learning the M3 program, but it transfers over into the ROC program, uh, where you place the vertical is going to be highly dependent on, on what you're expecting for market movement. But just like where you place the call matters, uh, where your call hedging matters, where you place your vertical hedging also matters, and it's a little bit the optimal place is going to be dependent on what's going on in the marketplace. In this case here, we're doing five verticals up here at 1410, 1400, bring us to relatively neutral and puts us in a position that looks something like this. This is going to react drastically different than the other positioning. But uh, let's kind of go forward here. And, and by the way, if you're looking at a price chart, right, this was essentially the crash that was earlier in uh, 2019 that we had. And where is the price chart? There it is. Right, that, that is uh, this move here, which is quite... Um, quite large um, anyway let's move forward to just just the seventh here so here we are in the seventh really not a whole lot's going on we're still basically flat in a position uh, through that whole down move it never really drew down um, and here is where we are now. We're outside the tent. This doesn't really call for any sort of an adjustment. We are looking at, um, you know, Vega numbers for adjustments, Delta numbers for adjustments, and everything is good. If we go to, actually, we I'm sorry, we had a bit of a Delta adjustment. We were at minus 68, and we only allow minus 50 here outside the tent for the most part. So we did do a minor adjustment there by rolling back this 1410 to, uh, 1410 to 1400. That puts it in that position there. The following day, what happened is I'm going to take off the adjustment and move forward. <clears throat> the following day, we get another up move, and this does present a problem. Um, we're getting to the point where we're too far outside the tent here. We only, we only allow this to be a certain number of points above the long strike, and we also have volat implied volatility considerations and uh, not, I'm sorry, Vega considerations. And right now, we're dealing with a, a position that has positive Vega, and when we do that, we're likely to get a crush in our T plus zero line. We don't want that. 
So we're going to look at doing an up move. When we make this move, we're also looking at whether or not we should change our configuration. Should we stay in an M3 configuration or should we go to some, some other configuration? And again, just like the entry test, we check the delta of a 50-point wing butterfly. We do the same thing here. If we do that here, that gives us um, basically the, the trigger to put us into what we call a rock position. And we're going to come up here, and this is more like a, a negative delta condor. So we come into this position with a set of butterflies down low, a set of butterflies up high, and uh, running about minus 114 delta in this case. So this is what uh, position that we're going to switch into. This is, again, uh, because of the skew shift in the butterfly, we're on our T plus zero line, then we're adding in a different type of positioning. And then from here, uh, I think we get beat up a little bit on the next day. So the theory behind this trade, by the way, is, look, if we get an up move, if you're in M3 configuration, which is what we were in before, and we get an up move, and um, the skews get really steep, then we're probably going to be better off being in a condor-type position because the market's kind of overextended and likely to settle down. That's not always the case 100% of the time. Like we can, You can use your subjectivity to over, override that type of rule. But most of, the, most of the times, that is indeed the case. That is indeed the case. And here we did this, but we were actually a little bit early because the following day, we had another fairly substantial up move. Mm -hmm. Right? We end up getting, um, getting what about 14 points here in this case, and that ended up drawing us down six thousand dollars. Again, not not a big deal in the context. It's about half of our maximum loss, but you'll see that this recovers extremely quickly. So this is a position that we're in. Our negative delta is just simply too high. So we essentially start to scale in. And in this case here, we ended up scaling in so that we had 10 butterflies at 1450 and six butterflies at 1470 and a position that essentially looks like this and then from here the theory is the market should flatten out which it more or less did so i'm just gonna hop ahead a couple days here and with all those butterflies you've got you know tons of theta now and tons of oh. negative vega if you do get the market to settle it's insane, right? right? And chances are it will. So you can see just in two two trading days, we're back up from minus six to plus 2,000, right? And you go mm -hmm. in your third trading day here, um, we're at 7,500 in one day, right? So again, that's a huge gain in one day. Nice looking position here. And then if we go into uh, this Tuesday, we're up near profit target, which happens to be $10,000 in this particular position. Uh, and we're looking like this. And then if we go to the following day, we're going to have an exit scenario here uh, for two reasons. I mean, we're two days, to, uh, we're, you know, the next trade starts this day. Sometimes I will hold on 
for the for the one day between this trade and this trade, I'll either delay the entry of this trade, or if I have the capital, I'll be in both trades at once. But anytime I do that, it's a maximum of a couple of days. And there are some months where you can't do that, where it won't be overlapping because it depends on the length of the expiration cycle. Mm-hmm. So um, in this case here, we um, were up. We ended up again. Th- this was gaining money so quickly that. You know, we overshot our profit target a little bit here and ended up with like a 12.5 uh, gain mm-hmm. and, and then pulled the position. So that would be the close of that. Um, John, uh, are yeah. you going to move on to a new trade because we have a couple questions? Yeah, yeah we, can, we can we can stop for questions. Probably a good That's... time to do that then. Okay, yeah. so um, the first thing is from Albert S. asking, what is the minimum required capital uh, to trade this strategy? Okay, so the examples we do in the program are $50,000, which I know is a lot of money for most people because it's a $20,000 maximum loss. Um, it's, it's most simple to trade that way, but it can be traded with, a, with, a, with as little as $5,000. We give you a video that shows you how to do that. So, um, so one of the things you would do is you would model the position with model a $50,000 position in your modeling software, and then you would trade it according to the way we show you within the program. But as little as $5,000 you can do it with. So, yep. Okay, and the second question from Dirk is, hi, John. Could you say something about hi. the difference between the real performance and the playbook, I think he must mean playbook trades, spreads, right. fills, size, layering, right. so, remains in expiration week? Yeah. Right. So, so, so one of the things that we have to realize as traders, regardless of what tra- strategy we're trading, is that um, execution and decision-making process is a kind of an art. Um, and even in trades that are like really rule-based, like we have a bull, a bull trade, right, in the super simple spreads, um, where we basically say, enter at this time of day, on this day, exit at this time of day, on this day. There are no adjustments. Um, um, exit if you're at your maximum loss. And I'll have people live trade that and I'll get results sometimes that are all over the place. right? So, And that's extremely simple. So um, it's going to be highly dependent on the person. And then, of course, when you jack up the complexity, like you get into, say, an M3 or a bearish butterfly where you have more moving pieces going on, then there are more chances for people. Then you get into an M3 where there's a little bit of subjectivity. There's more chances for people to deviate either, either better or worse. And then you get into the rock trade, you get the same thing. You can deviate for better or worse. So my answer to that is when I trade it, generally I can get execution fairly close to what option view is telling me. A lot of times I can beat it. Sometimes I can. It all depends on the market situation. Um, and it also depends on how closely I'm following the rules. And even if I'm not following the rules, sometimes I make out better, sometimes I make out worse. I think this is a fair representation of what's what's uh, possible. And I think some people can do better and some people can do worse. You know, we have some traders who uh, trade the strategy and they have trouble. They're making certain decisions that maybe not be beneficial at certain points. Sometimes they're breaking the rules. And then we have you know, other traders who do extremely well with the strategy and, and sometimes do better than the website trades. So again, uh, a lot of that's up to the trader. That's why we try to develop the trader. That's, that's our intent behind everything is developing the trader so that they can, um, you know, learn with execution and, and, and experiment with this stuff and get better and better at it. So once you get good, I think you can have similar results. 
All right. PSQ is asking, can you also use Option Net Explorer versus Option View? No. Um, option, and realize this regardless of the strategy you trade, right? So um, these two pieces of software will produce substantially different T plus zero line profiles, Greeks, numbers, and so forth. Depending on the type of strategy you're using, some strategies are a little bit more sensitive to um, what we call put put call skews. Um, so one of the one of the biggest advantages with Option View is, especially dealing with the rut, is they will neutralize your put call skews. In other words, if you put on a put butterfly and a call butterfly and an iron butterfly of all the same strikes, theoretically, they should have the same T plus zero line, right? Theoretically, that should be the case. But, and that's the case on option view. But if you do that on, say, ONE, you're going to get three different T plus zero line profiles, mm-hmm. um, right? So that being the case, I mean, it's not neutralizing those skews. And if you have a trading strategy that is, is heavily reliant on some sort of a delta number or something like that, you're going to get different results. That doesn't mean you can't trade it necessarily. Um, but the reality is there is no real correction factor because the skews, sometimes they sometimes there is no put call skew. Sometimes they're severe in one way. Sometimes they're severe in the other way. So what you're getting is random differences in your T plus zero line, and you're going to be making different entries, different exits, being different positioning. And you can't, I would say it's different enough, particularly um, in this trade, in the M3 strategy, in the bearish butterfly strategies, that you really need to be an option view. Yeah. Okay. Um, Gary Allen's asking, what time of day do you check the market and position values? Uh, well, I, I generally check these between 3 and 3.30, all the programs have their adjustment decision point at the 3.30 time frame. Okay. okay. And Radu is asking, what happened in the months when the strategy lost? It lost. <laughs> um, well, I mean, generally, you can have a whole bad trade where it's just, it just starts off bad and it never recovers, or sometimes you can get really big price moves into... Uh, the end the end so in other words yeah i mean there's obviously no one way to answer that question because he, yeah every yeah, loss it, can it be different you can lose the upside you can lose the downside you can lose because of uh you know volatility issues or whatever yeah but yeah. um you know I, I think he's sort of looking for some general themes what makes it what what's the least favorable i think he's questioning be, be, like, being the unlucky the wrong move at the wrong time uh-huh <laughs> just like i mean really really that's what it is right i mean you're either you're either kind of unlucky or you're not. Yeah, I mean, by definition, the rock is a trade that that changes shapes based on what's going on in the market. So for certain strategies, there are markets that are bad for it and they're good for it. With the rock, if it gets bad for one structure, it just moves into the other structure. So you can't, right. as I'm thinking about it, you can't really say there is a bad environment for the like for the bearish butterfly. If the market um, just doesn't quit going up at a really fast pace early in the trade, you're probably going to lose, right? If it just right. starts you know, rallying like insanely, it's probably going to lose. But um, with the rock, you may adapt to that situation and you may or may not lose. 
right? Right, right. Yeah. I guess I suppose the the worst the worst losses you're going to encounter is when you get a very large move if you you're into the rock position because if you're in the and if you're in the rock position, generally you're close to expiration and you're vulnerable to a move in either direction and um, the reason you're in that position is because the implied volatility skews basically told you the market was going to be stable. So you right. position for that. And then next thing you know, some news comes out of nowhere and you know, it'll take you out in one direction or the other. Right. Um, that, so that basically what you're saying is loss scenarios. you lose when what the market's telling you about volatility is not what actually happens. Yeah. Right? In a sense. Yeah. And that's, and, but that's, you couldn't say, well, that's a favorable, unfavorable environment because that's not the kind right. of thing could, you can define by environment. Right. It could happen in a perfectly calm environment. Yeah, it right. could happen in a perfectly calm environment. That's just exactly. it, the thing is the, the thing is if you know you're in a bad environment, like we entered here, <clears throat> then we know we're in a bad environment because we look at the implied volatility skew and we know that. So, you know, had I entered in a, a customary income position, I think that probably most of the strategies you see out there probably got creamed in this drop and this strategy may have got creamed in the drop also if the if there was no sign that it was coming right, right? but there was a sign that it was coming you could see that the market was the implied volatility was positioned for this really big move and that's what happened right, right? so um, it's not a surprise but if i didn't get the big move i probably would have been okay i just probably wouldn't have worked out as well but i you know it's it's whether you're going to be it's whether you're going to be in a protective position or a really highly aggressive position. And of course you can't make a lot of money in the markets if you're not in a highly aggressive position, but you don't want to be in a highly aggressive position when the market's telling you you shouldn't be in that position. Right. So we're kind of, this kind of adapts for that. All right. Now I'm going to suggest that you go into your next example. We do have some other questions, but. Um, sure. And, and I don't have to go through all the examples either, but yeah, uh, but I think it's good to at least get through one more. Sure. Maybe yeah. more. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So we can go through one more. So, um, if you look at this example here, this is just going right into the next month. So February of uh, 2019, right, with 30 days expiration, just like before. And this time, though, we have a different, we have a lot more steepness, not an incredible amount. Let me put this out to where it should be. But we have substantially more steepness in our T plus zero line. So that being the case, we can go into what we call M3 positioning. And this is going to react very differently than the other position. This one's going to be a lot more vulnerable to a down move if we were to get mm -hmm. like a market crash. But it's going to be a heck of a lot more stable if we get uh, a more subtle move or a grinding up move or, or stationary. So um, this is what it puts us in. Now, sometimes it'll start us right off in rock position, but we have to have like over 200 in the Delta to even consider that. Uh, you know, and I think we're only around a hundred here. So here we are relatively flat Delta. That is the start. And John, would you say in a 12 month year, most months you'll start in the M3 position or most months you'll start in the rock position? It depends on the year. Like, 2013, we're in the rock position like every month. How about the uh, last 12 months? Last 12 months, we're always in the M3 position or modified rock. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It, it just, yeah. Well, the volatility skew recently has been as such where the butterflies are extremely cheap and the delta has been very flat. Mm -hmm. um, 
and I think people who trade probably know they've been relatively cheap, but there's a reason they're cheap because of the way the market's been moving. Um, anyway, we're trying to plan for that. So that's, um, that's what we have. So here, I'm just going to kind of skip through. Um, we don't do anything until the 29th. So that's like 13 days. And these will tend to get more active towards expiration too, by the way. Um, basically what happened is the market did go flat uh, here. And now it's kind of grinding up again. And again, we're getting a little bit of delta. We usually run around minus 50 in this position size if we get outside the 10 here. So there are multiple ways we could adjust for the delta, by the way. We can move, we can put a vertical in essentially anywhere. Here, where we're in a relatively slow market, generally I'm going to choose to do a vertical in the 1430 to 1440. Right, so we just move 10 of these uh, up into here. That flattens us out within reason, helps stabilize our T plus zero line to the upside although taking on more downside risk. If we go to the 31st, right, we get a continued up move. And generally when we're at 60 points over our base long strike, so in this case I'll call our base long strike around 1430, um, so over 1490, we're going to look at repositioning this and we're going to do the same thing. We're going to take this off. We're going to see, well, you know, have the delta, have the skews in the marketplace confirmed that um, our, our implied volatility is changing or are we still positioned for a big move? If we do that here and we take down this position and we were to roll it up, then our delta is still too flat. So we simply roll up here into a stand into um, get our shorts about 20 points behind the market again get our 10 back over the position I ended up doing a shorter wing up here in other words a broken wing butterfly and the reason we did that again is because if I did a standard butterfly our delta would be too negative for our call to hedge off so that puts us in a position that is like this well, we're still kind of in a defensive position here if we go to Let's see, this is February 4th. Right, we have um, a situation where, again, we're too uh, negative delta here. We're not really making any progress because we're kind of hanging out at the top side of the tent here. Um, one of the ways, there are multiple ways to adjust for your delta, right? Um, one of the things I did here on the example, and this, these are the things we discuss in the webinar sometimes, is I took this long here and I rolled it out to 1520, and then I moved the shorts up into the 1480, 1490. So what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to, actually, no, I didn't move the longs, did I? I did a one, two, no, I kept the longs where they were. I actually did the short, I did, I did here. Uh, sometimes I'll move the longs as well, but I didn't in this case. Um, but what I did is I flattened the delta out uh, by widening the shorts because I want to I want to increase my theta number and the market's been relatively stable. I want to see if it'll kind of settle into this range and uh, and help us make some money. Right, I want to keep myself stable out here as well. Uh, that didn't last long though because the next day 
we ended up going uh, up again here. We had another $3.60 move. I ended up doing a conversion for one reason or another. One, two, five. See, this is a mistake I made within the rule set, actually. Um, and we do this sometimes on the live webinars. But um, anyway, I'm 1521. I'm 10 points over my long strike. Officially, the rule is 60 points over your short strike. So this is actually an error in, uh, in my trading. But we do do this. Uh, we do have errors when we live trade, right? So um, anyway, if I do do a roll-up and I look at this, it is going to put me into a rock conversion. So here uh, we take a look at the same thing. We add in our strikes at 1510. We go to 1550, 40 points higher. We bring our delta down to um, our limits. And we end up in a position like this. Again, if the market stays stable, right? So one of the things, one of the challenges we have as M3 traders sometimes is sometimes the market just keeps grinding up and grinding up and grinding up and grinding up. And we don't necessarily lose to the upside. We don't really make anything either. Uh, this position is going to tend to respond well to that environment if that environment continues. Uh, continues. Uh, that actually didn't continue here, though. So if I go to 2.7... Right, so here we are in this position, and basically we're in an aggressive position now. We, we're trying to maximize our theta, but unfortunately, the market decided that it wanted to come back down on us. And we make certain assumptions in the rock trade. We make assumption that if the market's going up, that volatility is going to get smaller and the price movements are going to tend to get smaller. And we also make the assumption that if the market's coming down, that volatility is going to get larger and then price movements are going to start to increase. So if we jump into our very tight condor type of position like we have right here, and then later on in the trade, we get a down move or run, side, run into a downside problem, we start to transition ourselves back into a position that's going to be a little bit more beneficial and higher implied volatility, right? So here... What we did is we rolled back um, to widen the position out a little bit and then the corrected delta for that because to just doing the rollback put me two negative delta to correct the delta for that I started scaling in back upside like I was in a rock position again so what we did is we took so this is um, easier to see we took these we rolled them back 20 points to I think 1490 if I if I'm correct and then we added in, that put our delta a little bit too negative. So we added in some 1530, which is going to give us pretty much um, almost a standard rock position, something like this. Okay. So you will see some pretty funky configurations here going on. If we go to the following day, the market decides, that, or, or a couple more day, trading days, the market decides to climb back up again, right? In other words, it decides to climb back up and our delta starts to get too negative. So we're going to start scaling into uh, a normal rock position here. We're going to be adding butterflies at our 1530. And then uh, if we need, we'll start adding butterflies at our 1550. This trade is great because it shows pretty much most of the configurations in the trade. So... That is, uh, that's that position there. If we go to the 12th, 
right? We have a substantial up move. And um, again, you can't get too attached to your uh, intraday trade profits with this position because they go up and down very quickly. Um, but we essentially get a substantial up move after that. So we kind of get whipsawed. So when we do this, and with three days expiration, when we do this, we go into what we call bearish butterfly expiration guidelines. And it's another guideline shift. So modified rock has one set of guidelines. Regular uh, M3 positioning has another set of guidelines. Rock has another set of guidelines. Rock half rollback have another, has another set of guidelines. And then um, um, bearish butterfly expiration guidelines in this condition position where we fully scale into our 1550s and we start scaling out of our 1490s. So um, you can see that. We're going to add some contracts up here. We're going to reduce our contract size down here, and we're getting into like a very aggressive position here. Notice we are over capital limit here. We show you how to, for the examples, we generally going to allow this to go over capital, but in the program, we show you how to keep your capital down to, um, to where it's supposed to be. So this is that position there. If we go into the 13th. And I'm going to remove this trade here. In this case, I did overlap them a day. But um, this here, uh, we've gained some money. We're back to essentially uh, break even. Like I said, we're over capital, but that's easy enough to take care of, especially three days expiration. And then the following day, we're going to get a price move. And actually, I have to go back a day. I have to go forward today. This is software peculiar peculiarities here, and I got to get rid of this trade. And this ends up being up about six thousand dollars here by the end of the day, and something looks like that. And we would not hold something like this into expiration or overnight. If it was a, if you're doing it on the weeklies, though, which you can do, um, you know, you could you could hold it, but because um, there was a PM settled, but. Is, uh, is you'd have to take it. And that is what I have. Um, I have other right. examples, but we are running low on time. So why don't well, we... What I'm thinking is we should now try to answer some of the questions. Yes. Um, and um, then um, everyone should stick around because um, we're going to make an unbelievable opportunity for you at the end of the session. So sure. Ivan, well, he says, well, in this example, if the market just went up another three points at the end, you would get you would get max loss pretty fast in fairness. Yes. Now, I think he was actually talking about the previous example. Mm -hmm. That's possible. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But those are all built into the back tests and the that, that's, expectancies yeah, that's too, right? The way it's always been, we always run it into profit target or expiration on every example that we've had. So, uh, yeah. And sometimes that does happen. Sometimes you will be in a trade that looks relatively good and it'll go bad. Right. Um, but most of the time it works out. Peter Gapsis is asking, how often do you trade into the last week of expiration on the rock? Uh, pretty often, because uh, most of the time, uh, well, sometimes it hits profit target numbers. We have a fairly high profit target, right? That's 20% of plant capital, and we're trying to do it in 30 days. So we're fairly often in expiration week. The exception being if we maintain M3 positioning, we'll get out at a lower profit number. Um, but yeah, a lot, I mean, we don't always get to expiration day, but a lot of times we will get fairly close within 10 days. Okay. 
Gary Allen, Gary Allen is asking, is experience with the M3 a prerequisite for trading the rock? Good question. I would say absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So you want to run through the, you want to run through the process and run the M3 and run some bearish butterfly trades before you consider this. If you stick around, Gary, we'll, um, I don't know if you have, if you already are an M3 trader or not, but uh, we have a way of dealing with that, which we're going to talk about in a minute. Um, and now we have a question for Albert S. What is the most challenging aspect of trading this strategy? Uh, I think mentally dealing with, uh, you know, any high yield strategy and you even get this a little bit in the bearish butterfly where, um, you know, you're, you have to let the trade breathe. You can't be, uh, you can't be constantly trying to flatten it out like you might do with a with an M3 trade, for example, or a Rhino trade, or or whatever. Um, you have to let it breathe, and you have to you can't get overly attached to your profits. That's probably the most challenging aspect is just seeing the thing go from you know 2,000 up to 2,000 down, and then back to 2,000 up, and then the 6,000 down, and then the 10,000 up. So <laughs> right, that happens. Yeah. But it's you know, but that's what you need to do if you want to really pull in the higher yields. You know. Yeah, and people don't want. People don't like that psychologically. So what you're really saying is the biggest issue with this trade is people's ability to handle it psychologically. Right, right. And that has a lot to do with position sizing and, and, and general trading attitude. So That's a great point. Are there any other questions? I don't see any yet. So I think what I'm going to do is delve into... Um, what we're going to propose to people. And so let me uh, stop your sharing for a minute, John, unless you had sure. any, any other comments you wanted to make as far as uh, wrapping no, things up. I, I think we're good. And okay. I, I don't know how to stop my sharing, but I, me... I, I just stopped it. So um, let, this is, um, this is what we would like to share with everybody. So the rock series is a video series that we produced um, some time ago. And uh, can everyone see, can you see my desktop, John? I can. Okay, great. And I remember, John, uh, we filmed it in SMB's offices. It's actually when we were downtown. Now we're in Midtown. And um, John said, do you know how hard I worked on this on this uh, PowerPoint? <laughs> That's not the kind of comment John normally will make because he's um, sort of a humble guy and he doesn't bring up his, str his struggles and strife. But he said, I really, really put a lot of time into this thing. And it showed it was pretty unbelievable sitting through this as John unveiled the strategy. It turned into seven videos um, and he's going through lots of examples and lots of structural changes. Um, and it, it, so there's 408 slides and believe me, they are packed with information. So this is like the deal of the century, in my opinion, no, pretty much no matter what we charge for it. And um, so normally the rock is on sale on our website for $14.95 as a standalone product. But remember, you need the rock, you need to, to be familiar with the M3 and the bearish butterfly to be able to understand the rock strategy. So if you have the M3 and the bearish butterfly, then you can uh, save yourself $200 this month and buy the rock, which a lot of people are doing now. If you own, this is where we get into combinations. If you own the M3, we have a package for the rock and bearish butterfly on the, on, on, um, but we're cutting it 
more than $500 this month, that package. So if you own the M3, which is a very widely traded and popular strategy, then the rock and bearish butterfly combination is for you. And it's really a great deal. The rock in the, on the other hand, if you own the bearish butterfly and don't own the other two, we have a package for that as well. We've cut more than $1,000 off that price for today's sale. And then finally, if you're really inspired by today's presentation and you want to go all in and really learn this thing and the you know, outstanding returns that it produces, then you'll want to go with the, the complete package because it's, these are building blocks. The bearish butterfly and the M3 are building blocks for the, um, the bearish butterfly trade. Uh, and we're cutting uh, a little less than $1,200 off that package price for the um, for the sale in Rocktoberfest. So it's really, really a discount. These are huge discounts um, that we're giving uh, for this month. Uh, it expires on Halloween, which is a spooky thought to think that you might go through this whole month and not take advantage of these strategies. I find that scary. And uh, so that's why we decided to expire at October 31st. And um, so what you want to do is go to smbu.com slash rock. And don't use www. Just go to smbu.com slash rock. And that is where you will find the rock strategy now. And we've got Rocktoberfest going on all of October. So um, you'll be getting some more emails from us explaining more about the rock strategy and we really, truly hope that you take advantage of it. So, um, let, you know, we have a question and, and we have a little bit of time here, John, if you can stick around. Um, sure. A question from John, another John, and he says the T plus zero line looks riskier than the M3. Is it more stressful to trade the rock versus the M3? Again, that is going to depend on the individual and what their um, their definition of risky is. You know, I've um, in the past I've talked about how trading a bearish butterfly is less risky than an M3 or or whatever. I mean, you're going to have. I look at it this way, right? If you have some strategy that you use that you um, will make, say five percent a month in when things go well, let's say you have an average win of 5% a month, but that strategy is, but if you lost a hundred percent of that strategy, for example, just to go to extremes, if you had something crazy happen and you lost a hundred percent of that strategy at 5% a month, how long is it going to take you to get your money back? Whereas if you have a strategy that might make 20% and something crazy happened and you lost all that money, you know, now you have a five-month period you can make it up. Or if you have like a bearish butterfly where you might make 30%, you know, now you have a three-month period, you might be able to actually make your money back. So, you know, I don't consider something just because it has a lot of gamma, which the rock trade is going to have a lot of gamma from time to time where the M3 is not going to have virtually any gamma. But realistically, if you want to make a lot of money in this business, you've got to carry theta. And if you carry theta, what comes with that? Gamma. Right. Um, and and ultimately, you should learn how to trade that. And if you're going to be a good trader, you should, you, know, you should be able to, you should at least experiment small size with positions with a lot of gamma so you understand 
how to deal with those ups and downs because you're always going to have a challenge trading if you're if you're constantly looking at your profit and loss and trying to keep your people's airline flat all the time. Just it's not it just doesn't lead to really high returns. So, um, you know, if that's acceptable for you, that's fine. But um, you know, a lot of people want to go beyond that. So that's my that thought. There. A great point. Really, really excellent point. A lot of wisdom in John's comments, whether you fully understand them or not. What he's saying is really critical to successful trading. If you're constantly, constantly adjusting your trades so that nothing bad can happen to you, then nothing something, good can happen. Nothing good something can happen bad to you has either. actually happened to you. Well, that's way. right. First of all, <laughs> something bad happened. That's right. And, and nothing good and, can ever happen. Right, right. right. It's yeah. not like you're just taking away the bad. You're, you're, you're actually still experiencing the bad because you're still going to have instances, no matter how flat you trade, where you're going to take these big losses. Just That's the fact right. you don't have any big gains to make it up. So yeah, um, it's not um, always the best plan, even though it looks like it might be when you look at it at the surface. That's a great point. Chris Glander's asking, could this be traded with SPY or IWM if you, without yeah. consideration for commissions for experience, or does it only work on the big boys? Yeah, the problem with that is that you actually do have a different volatility structure on the IWM as much as, as similar as it is. And, you know, it is going to be differently. I, you know, I suppose you could do it with a small account and just see how it goes. But um, you're going to have different results. It's going to be different. So All right, that's great. my thought on that. Also, by the way, too, before I go, just mention that, you know, again, the winningtrade.com, if you want to go over there, is going to be uh, an exam another example of the rock plus... Uh, if you sign up for uh, to get notified when the winning trades come out, it's all free. Um, there's a bonus video where you can get a bunch. Uh, I think most of 2000, like nine months in 2018, I go over. So they're winning trades, they're losing trades, they're um, you know decision points. There's a lot of good stuff in there. So sounds great. All, all right. right, everybody, uh, have a great week uh, trading, and uh, thank you very much. And uh, go over to smbu.com slash rock and check out all the information we've got on there about the rock trade. It's, a, it's an outstanding trade that we endorse. So take care, everybody. Thank you. Thank you, Bye -bye. John.